0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to and let's be heard for Tuesday, February twenty second, twenty twenty two. I'm Mike Choppoli. Okay, so it's two twenty two twenty two. How exciting! This is very exciting, isn't it? It's two twenty two twenty two. Everyone's talking about this. It's a special day. So uh, let's see if we can conjure up some special news. Actually, no, it's the same old, same old news. I don't want to turn you off, but uh, here we are again. Another day, another dictator. Another day, another dictator. Another day, another dictator. And Justin Trudeau continues to be the dictator of the year. Dictator of the year. It was tough to figure it out for a while. Was it Gavin Newsom? Was it Joe Biden? Was it Macron? No, it's Justin, was it the guy in Australia whose name I can never remember because I really don't care what it is and no one cared about what it was until COVID hit. Um, but Justin Trudeau, once again, the dictator of the year. I wish I had some music. I do have, like, sound effects that if only I knew how to use these things. But maybe later on, maybe later on. Anyway, I want to play for you. This is a... a uh, Someone in politics, a PM, I believe, in uh, in Canada, who uh, was speaking about the uh, truckers and the people complaining about the truckers honking their horns in Ottawa. And, you know, honk honk became a, a kind of a slogan, honk honk, honk honk. This is what she said about the slogan, honk honk. How many guns need to be seized? How much vitriol do we have to see of Honk Honk, which is an acronym for Hail Hitler, do we need to see by these protesters on social media? How- so she said "Hong Honk is Hail Hitler. Honk Honk is Heil Hitler. And she said it with a straight face. Now, does this not prove that liberalism is a mental disorder? This is a liberal MP. That's what she is, a liberal MP of Canada. And uh, she said that uh, liberalism is a mental disorder. I'm saying liberalism is a mental disorder. It is, because she said Honk Honk is the same as Heil Hitler. Honk Honk is the same as Heil Hitler. I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to think about that for a second. And why there's a hashtag, Liberalism is a Mental Disease, on Twitter. Does it seem harsh? Well, it might seem harsh until you listen to this. Until you digest what's happened over the last two years. Remember, before this, about a week ago, Justin Trudeau accused a Jewish, a Jewish member of the Assembly in Canada of being a Nazi supporter, a, swast- a, a supporter of those who, who use swastikas to express themselves, which, of course, no one in that, in that convoy did. How many guns need to be seized? Has she been here? They don't have any guns in Canada compared to here. Are you kidding me? These are the most peaceful, law-abiding people you can find. And once again, these are the people that delivered products to this liberal nutcase that delivered food that delivered things that she uses every day to survive and enjoy her elitist privileged life in Canada these are the people who delivered these goods in the middle of the pandemic at the beginning when people were still very frightened I mean frightened for good reason not now not the way they're frightened now, for no good reason. But frightened back then, not knowing what this was going to be or become. They were the essential workers who delivered things to her. To her! And she compares them to Heil Hitler? She compares them to Nazis? No, no, she compare. See, once again, this is what these people do. They call you what they are. They accuse you of doing what they are doing. They are the Nazis. They are the, just like Hitler thought the Jews were bad, right? Hitler thought the Jews were evil. No, he was evil. This is what fascists always do. This is what fascists through history do. This is what we should be have. We should have learned this by now. Fascists accuse other people of being bad. They accuse other people of being dirty. They accuse other people of being scummy, when they are the dirt. When they are the scum. This is through history. We have seen this. The fascists call the, the people they oppress the bad people. That they are oppressing them for good reason because they are bad, evil, satanic people. When they are the evil, satanic ones. This is just history repeating itself, people. That's how you, that's how you know a fascist. They're in power and they claim you are the trouble. They claim you are the bad person. This is what happened during McCarthyism. And I just want to do a little aside for a second here. I'll get back to this liberal nutcase in a second. But this is what happened during M- McCarthyism, right? The, 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 the senators on the House, the, the congressmen, the congresspeople in the United States of America, part of the House Un-American Activities Committee, called the people they were condemning, the people they were depriving of their livelihoods, the bad people, when they were the fascists. They were the evil ones. I was watching a documentary. If you have the Criterion channel, first of all, if you don't have the Criterion channel, you should get it. It's like 10 or 11 bucks a month. It's the best bang for your buck of any app out there. Trust me, if you're a cinephile, cinephile, quehé to cinéma, if you're one of those people, you should get the Criterion channel. Uh, it has great films. And it keeps them on there for a while. It's not one of those things where you know it's gone in a week. It, it, fantastic foreign films, art house films, all kinds of films that you can't get anywhere else. And it has interviews too. It has interviews with directors, interviews with actors. And I saw an interview from nineteen eighty four, I believe it was. It was actually two separate interviews in one. It was a half hour long with Sterling Hayden. And Sterling Hayden was talking about his career, an interesting guy. I didn't realize Sterling Hayden ended up in San Francisco in the 80s after he was done with L.A. That I did not know. And the interview, the first one is done from his roof. It looks like he's by the wharf. I can't tell exactly where he is. Back in 1984, San Francisco, a different time. I wish I was here in 84, not now. Uh, and then the second interview is done inside his, uh, his apartment. And he's talking about how he named names. And how he is totally ashamed of it. I mean, he was very honest. He said, this was a horrible thing. I shouldn't have done it. I have no excuses. It was a scummy thing to do. So he's really repentant for this. But he talks about that. He talks about naming names. And unfortunately, some of the people whose names he named lost their jobs like the day later, the next day. He said, how can you even sleep with that knowing that you've done that? He said, I, 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 it was absolutely awful, awful, the worst thing I've ever done in my life. They he did it out of fear. He talks about that a little bit. He says it's very complicated, but one of the things is fear, one of the reasons. And he said that the, the House Un-American Activities Committee already knew all these things about the people. They already knew everything about them, but they wanted people up there like Sterling Hayden to grovel and name the names themselves. They wanted – in other words, they wanted these people to eat each other alive even though they knew all the information. He said that was the worst thing about it. They knew – everything I told them, they already knew. Everything anyone told them, they already knew. It wasn't new information. So this is what I'm talking about. So, so the House of Un-American Activities Committee, they, they, were, they were condemning people and saying those people deserve to be condemned, that those people were the horrible people, they were the communists, they were the evil ones, when what they were doing, with, the, with, the, with A, what HUAC was doing was evil. So this is continuing through history. We've seen this over and over and over and over again. And now we're seeing it big time in Canada. This is what happens also when you're the leader, when you're uh, the when you're the, the political elite of a country where there's really never anything happening that's bad. You never have any political pressure. Yeah, there are elections. There are small things. You know, is there's, the there's, there's snow being removed on time? Are there enough salters out there? You know, that's the kind of thing to deal with in Canada. And I'm not joking. Are there enough ice rinks, ice hockey rinks? Are there enough? Are they, you know. Are they getting good attendance? These are things they usually deal with in Canada. And now they've actually had to deal with people finally being mad about something after two years, after taking it up the wazoo for two years. Oh my God, they organize. Oh my God. Oh my God, they're using their freedom. No, we we don't have people in Canada using freedom of speech to organize and rally. No, that's not allowed here. No, no, no. No kind of strife or angst is allowed in Canada. So now they're finally facing that, and this is how they deal with it. This is like, how dare you do this in Canada? How dare you protest? How dare you use your freedom of speech, your God-given rights in a democracy to do this to us? And so we're going to do, we're going we're to use all of our powers to squash you like a bug. We're going to squash you people like bugs because we're the power. We're the authorities and we can do it. And today, the House and in a vote that was about one, something like 180 to 150 gave him the right to keep it going for several more months, the, the emergency powers. Now, the Senate will have to hear it. But this is, this is the sickness. And, of course, they're liberals. They're all liberals. I mean, Canada's been run by liberals forever. You always hear, oh, Canada's so much more liberal, so much more liberal, so much more progressive than the United States. Well, yes, Canada's been very liberal If there's any province that wants to secede, it's Manitoba. That's the one province that may be a little bit more centrist. You can't even call them right. Centrist. Independent. So you're seeing what happens with liberalism. You're seeing what liberalism does. You're seeing that liberalism is the true fascism now. That's what you're seeing. These are the true fascists. They call you the fascists because you dare question them. Because you dare say after two years of not having... Your lives in order of not having a normal life. Did you want a normal life again? And no, that you must be squashed. You must be squashed, scumbag Trudeau and his liberal friends. All true, true scumbags. So that's still going on up there. I hear there's a convoy that might be starting here in a couple of days, heading to Washington D.C. Just in time for Joe's very late State of the Union. The State of the Union is usually, isn't it usually like late January to mid February? Late January, early February. So this is going to be March. March. Well, he hadn't he had enough. Joe hasn't had enough milk and cookies yet. Doesn't that hasn't worked up the energy? Anyway, that's coming in a couple of weeks. Finally, his first State of the Union. That should be a that should be a laugh riot. Uh oh, boy. Uh... So Neil Cavuto, who I didn't even know had COVID once, supposedly had it a second time. And the second time, it got him pretty bad from what I understand. Look, if it's COVID, it could be pneumonia. It could be anything. It could be a bad flu. You know. Any sickness now is COVID. Anyone who lives in the hospital is COVID, even though 97% of the people in these hospitals are not there for COVID. But, you know, everything's COVID now. COVID, COVID, COVID. So anyway, supposedly he had COVID a second time. It hit him really bad. Now, remember, remember that John Hopkins just did a study that said that 99% of people that had COVID are immune for at least two years. Understand that. So think of the odds of Neil Cavuto getting it a second time. Eh, Maybe he's part of the 1%, huh? But anyway, so he ended up in the ICU. Whatever he had, let's hypothetically, for shits and giggles, say it was COVID a second time. He ended up in the hospital, in the ICU, It was pretty bad. I don't remember them talking about it on Fox. I have no idea why they didn't. But uh, but he's okay now. He made it. So when I heard this story earlier this morning, I said to myself, oh, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. They're going to say if he didn't get the vaccine, he'd be dead. And I, I looked at my phone about five minutes after having this thought. And John Ziegler posts a tweet From someone in the media saying, Neil Cavuto was on TV talking about his second bout with COVID, and the doctors told him that if he didn't have those vaccines, he'd be dead. Oh, how predictable. How predictable. So the vaccine now is so weak that you don't die, but it's good enough to just make you end up in the ICU. So the vaccine just puts you in the ICU for a while. Doesn't kill you. I tell you, what a modern medicine medical, what a miracle of modern medicine this vaccine is, huh? But a miracle, it only put you in the ICU now. First, it didn't give you anything. First, you weren't going to get it or spread it. Then, well, you're going to get it and spread it, but you're not going to get any uh, symptoms. Then you're going to get it and spread it uh, and get mild symptoms. Then you're going to get very severe symptoms, but you're not going to be in the hospital. Then you're going to be in the hospital, but not in the ICU. Now you're going to be in the ICU, but not dead. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? When does this absurdity end? What are they going to say next? What they'll say next is, People are now dying with the vaccines, but they would have died a week earlier. So the vaccines gave them an extra week of life. You know, when is this, this going to end? When is this bullshit going to end? When is this clown car show of science or anti-science going to end? When? When? I'm asking you. Someone answer me. Don't they say if you, you, you can talk to yourself, but if you start answering yourself, if someone answers, you're in trouble? I might be in trouble. Because I'm going to answer myself. It's never going to end because people are insane here. There's such mass psychosis here that, and once again, people will not, they'll grasp onto any straw to believe that those vaccines worked, that they didn't get them for no reason. They didn't get them for no reason. They could end up on a ventilator for three months. And they'll say, oh, I would have died, though, if I didn't get it. I only only had to be ventilated intubated for 70, 90 days, so the vaccines worked. This is what people, they're grasping onto any straw. To not think that they were duped into getting three jabs in the arm for no fucking reason. For no reason whatsoever. Babies, you were duped. Babies, you were duped. You were duped. It happens. People get scammed all the time. Old people especially, right? And the old sp- people the ones that are being duped the most. Because they're the ones that are being vaccinated the most. The highest rate. Happens all the time. It's easy to dupe old people. I don't, I Look, it is. This is what the scammers do, right? They target grandpa and grandma. The scammer writes an email or calls grandma. Says, the grandson or granddaughter's in trouble. I need, we need, they need $5,000 right now. Wire it to me and they'll be fine. They'll be released from jail. And a lot of people do it. They do it. Because older people are easy to be, easier to be fooled. They are. They're more trusting in general. They're not this new cynical generation. So older people are easy to scam, which is why scammers mainly target older people. And it's the younger ones say, oh, grandma, grandpa, don't do that. I'm glad you didn't do it. Because we recognize the scammers more. So people have been scammed here, especially old people. They've been scammed They have been scammed But they don't want to admit it People don't want to admit That they wore masks for 20 months For no reason People don't want to admit that Look It's an ego hit To admit you've been fooled and scammed It's it's an ego hit And that's what's happened here That's what's happened here Now, once again, Neil Cavuto claims the doctors told him this. It's not his own thought. And that makes it worse. That makes it worse that actual doctors, these are bad doctors, because they know they're not fooled. They're not misled. They know the vaccines are shit. So maybe the doctors, I'm going to try to give these doctors a little benefit of the doubt. Maybe the doctors wanted to make Cavuto feel better. Maybe the doctors wanted to make Cavuto feel as though he did something worthwhile and saved his life, even though he didn't. That's possible. I'm trying to put the best spin on this I can. But that's even wrong. So a doctor should be be straight with you. A doctor doctor needs to be straight with you. In other words, I can can go to a doctor and I can say, you know, doctor, I take this uh, special multivitamin. It's got C-D-E-F-G-X-Y-Z. And if a doctor doesn't think it... Works and they do this a lot. My doctors have. They say, oh, "Mike, that really doesn't do anything. You cannot take that anymore. That's a lot of. That's a waste of money. That's what a doctor should do. That's what a doctor should do. That's their job. Not to stroke your ego. To tell you the truth. Not to stroke their own ego. To tell the truth. And doctors haven't been doing that for two years. And that's the problem. Any doctors listening, I am telling you, we have lost trust in you. We have lost trust in you. We're not going to trust you for, to diagnose a toothache. We're not, we're not going to trust you to diagnose a broken bone anymore. This is a problem. Do you understand that? Do you understand it? I hope you do. Because you're all part of it. Any doctor that has not stood up and told the truth, has not stood up, And talked about. also I'm going to talk about next, which is the lying CDC, you're part of the reason why people don't trust you anymore. You are the reason why people are going to leave the doctor's office thinking, God, does that person know what they're talking about? Do I need a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth opinion on this? Even on the most minor things, yes, you should always get a second opinion on a major thing. But even on minor things, we're not going to trust doctors anymore. Because we're going to feel they either are idiots or they're getting marching orders from other people and they can't tell the truth. All right, Either you're an idiot or you're getting marching orders from other people and not telling the truth, which in a way is even worse. And so that brings me to the CDC. Lo and behold, a shock to no one in our category, the the people who have understood the branch COVIDian mindset for two years, the CDC has hidden information about the vaccine efficacy of 65 and under, people getting it who are under 65 and under, and the effect on people 65 and under, they've kept it lock and key, they haven't released it, and they've known it for over a year now. Now, this goes along with the other information they've kept under lock and key, like the average age of death, the comorbidities, with COVID or of COVID, all this stuff that matters, that matters... Because the cause of death actually matters. It's not like, well, they just done, like some morons on Twitter say, they died anyway. Oh, they died to death. It's a person. No, it matters, dear. It matters, buddy. It matters, Jack. These things matter. Facts matter. Details matter. They've hit all these things. I wonder why. I wonder why. I wonder why they haven't talked about the efficacy and the side effects of the vaccines on those under 65 years old. I wonder why. Cause it, could it be because many of us have been saying the vaccines are shit from the beginning or that if you're under 65, you certainly shouldn't get it? Is that why? Do they want to make people – in other words, it's too late. I, I don't know why they don't just release it now because everyone's – 90 percent of the people have gotten this. Everyone who's wanted to get it got it. Now, they might not have gotten it if they released this information seven, eight, nine months earlier, right? and that's why they didn't release it 789 months ago. Once again, these are supposed doctors who are not telling the truth. They're not telling, they're not giving their patient all the information so the patient can make an informed decision. Should I get the chemo? Should I not? We do the, doctors do this all the time for cancer, right? They consult with their patient. Is it worth it to get the chemo? Is it not worth it? How long? What's it going to do to me? Is it going to be worse than the disease? This happens all the time. It did not happen with COVID. People were not told the truth. From the doctors all the way at the top, to the doctors all the way at the bottom. To the guy working for the president, Fauci, to your own little doctor that you see, your primary care doctor, your family medicine doctor. That's what's happened. People don't trust doctors anymore, and it's the fault of doctors. It's the fault of doctors. Now, I, I say, when it comes to the CDC, I say this is absolutely criminal. There's no doubt about it. This is a government agency. This is a government agency that did not release information to the people to give them The information they needed to decide whether they should put something into their bodies or not. Whether they should put something into their bodies that could have short-term negative side effects, middle-term negative side effects, or possibly long-term negative side effects that they won't feel for years and years until it just happens. This is criminal. Absolutely criminal. And there should be hearings once Republicans take over power in eight months Well, obviously, they'll win the election in November, they'll take over power in about 11 months. There needs to be hearings. there need to be trials. People need to be held accountable for lying for lying. And this needs to be backed by doctors. Doctors need to need to before this idea of trials, of Nuremberg-type trials for these people to revive their industry. Okay? To earn the, the public's faith again and the, the public's trust again in them. There needs to be huge mea culpa from doctors. There needs to be no resistance, no hashtag resist to this idea of, of, of investigating and and Getting the real facts and the real information, and if needed, locking people up. Locking people up for lying about life and death issues for two years now and counting. It does not help you gain the public's trust for us to have to go to courts to get information released. That does not help you. That does not help you at all. In fact, all doctors should be forthcoming with anything they know about this. Anything they know about what's not been said for the past two years. I'm sorry to have to spend a whole show on this, but I think this is very important. I think the CDC thing is a bombshell. A huge bombshell. But in the last few minutes... Once again, I want to say once again, a, a clarion call to doctors out there. A clarion call to doctors out there to stand up, do the right thing. Okay? And get the public trust back. If you can, it's going to be a very difficult thing. Certainly to get this guy's trust back is going to be very difficult. So Ukraine... Oh, boy. I guess we have to talk about Ukraine for the last few minutes here. Uh, My feeling, as you know, about Ukraine is that uh, obviously Putin doesn't want Ukraine to enter NATO and then, of course, have the United States be able to put weapons on their border and aim them at Russia. That's the whole point of this whole thing. So, what Biden's doing is is really bullshit. And this whole idea, of course, we're seeing it now once again from the left – mostly from the left, some on the right, mostly from the left. All of a sudden, the left loves war. All of a sudden, the left hates Russia. And uh, when did that happen? Oh, Trump, right. Um, with the left saying that if you say these things, if you say, we shouldn't, if you say we shouldn't go to war, if you say we shouldn't send other people's children to war, children to war, you're, uh, a Rus- you're Russian talking points. You're in Vladimir Putin's back pocket. This is the same thing as labeling people insurrectionists and domestic terrorists when they disagree with you or, or or getting your emergency powers going and crushing people when they disagree with you. It's all the same thing, okay? It's all in the same category of scumbaggery. I think I made that word up, but I like that, scumbaggery. But well, I think what Biden's doing is quite obvious. He's... What what he's hoping for is that he's talking about this being imminent, right? Russia, Putin going into Ukraine being imminent when it's not imminent. And then when it doesn't happen, he's going to say, I stopped the war. This is the same thing of COVID will go on for as long as it wants. And if it ends during his presidency, he'll say, I ended COVID. This is the game he plays, this old demented freak. These are the games he plays because he's a lifelong politician. He's a lifelong political whore. That's what he is. So that's what he's hoping for on both fronts. It's the same thing. He's hoping that COVID will end at some point of his four-year term, that he can say he ended it, and that Putin won't go into Ukraine because he never intended to go into Ukraine. He'll say he stopped them from going into the Ukraine. Just like COVID will end because it's decided to end, because it's worn out its welcome, and he'll take credit for it even if it's in 2024. So... This is it. This is what Joe Biden's all about. And you probably hear a lot of it during the State of the Union, depending on where things are in a couple of weeks. But if it hasn't already happened with Russia, he'll allude to it. He'll allude to it with COVID, even though obviously, it's COVID's not going to be over in twelve days. Less than twelve days. So, this is what it's all about. This is the political game. This is this is what the this is the poli- see this is the political game that Trump didn't play, which is why they hated him. This he didn't play the political game. He said how he felt, often in very brash, you know, unmannered ways. And that turned people off, especially people on the left, some on the right. But he didn't play the game that the establishment plays. Establishment characters like Clinton and Obama and uh, W and this guy Biden. And that bothered people. That bothered people more than anything else. Not playing this establishment Cheap political whore game, lifelong politician game that Biden plays on every freaking issue. Every issue. Hashtag remember in November. Hashtag remember in November. Okay? And that's our Tuesday edition. This is our 22222222 22, 22, 22, 22, 22 edition of and Let's Be Heard. Thanks for listening. I'm Michael Chopley, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.